Welcome to another episode of Web Dev Weekly, the weekly podcast about web development. I'm Brad Garropy. And I'm Richard Gottlieber. This week, we're going to be talking about remote work. But before we get into it, I just wanted to check in, Brad. We've got a couple episodes under our belt. How's it going? How do you think the podcast is going? And how's life? I think the podcast is going good, man. We're, we're really like hitting our stride, and I think we're finding our groove. And I'm looking forward to like what we're going to do in the future. Life, life has been pretty good. I got a new tech toy, picked up a GoXLR. That thing's been fun to play with. I'm trolling all my coworkers with the voice mods in it and everything. What about you? How you been? I occasionally use the roadcaster to throw in, you know, just a quick rim shot in meetings, <laughs> but I act like I have no idea where it came from. So the ultimate troll. <laughs> Nah, things are going good here as well. We're kind of at that, that point where, you know, we're, we're getting back into more normal life. And I think that that will make this episode about remote work kind of interesting to talk about because I think you and I have slightly different plans for the future. Yeah, for sure. So let's, let's start off with remote work. I'm just going to go ahead and say, you know, like little disclaimer. We are both super privileged to have not been like massively impacted work-wise with the whole pandemic and everything. We're both fortunate that we were able to work remotely throughout this whole thing. And we have companies that supported us in that transition too. And we'll kind of touch on that, but just kind of say that like, you know, I definitely feel super lucky to have this like crazy thing happen and still be able to have my job look basically the same. So like just putting that little grain of salt out there before we get started. Yeah, I feel the same. Like my company has barely felt a blip when all this happened. We were like fully set up infrastructure wise and team wise to all split up, work from home and just kind of continue the normal. The only difference was instead of face to face meetings, we had blue jeans meetings and that's really it. Yeah, we actually are in blue jeans a lot, too. So. How long have you been remote? Have you been remote like outside of just the past like little over a year? Or what's your experience with remote work? Yeah, this was my first experience working remotely. We went fully remote. Like they they ordered everybody to not be in the office starting like mid-March of 2020. So it's been about a year and two months since I've been working remotely. What about you? So we started this go around about the same time. I probably jumped the gun a little bit when I started noticing things were getting crazy because I don't know, I'm a little, uh, crowd adverse already. Um, like it is a test. We go to Disney world a lot and it is a test for me to go to a place that is that crowded. So, you know, going into the office, riding in on like the bus and stuff like that, it's definitely, you know, pushing the limits of what I enjoy. So when I had the option to kind of call it quits on the early side and just work from home, I definitely took advantage of that. Previously, I've actually worked remotely before because in one of my previous jobs, I worked as the uh, tech lead for a team that was mostly based out of Chennai, India. So I live in Texas. I was living in Texas at the time. So I started my day at about 6 a.m. in the morning to check in with them at the end of their day. Sounds bad, but on the plus side, I was done with work at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, which was really nice. So do you think it felt any different beyond the time shift 
uh, did that session of remote work feel easier or more comfortable than this session, given the circumstances? I definitely think that, so this was probably about five years ago that I was doing that. And man, technology has come a long way. Oh yeah. So this time was definitely easier and having everyone be remote kind of equalized things. And so it made it where it was, you know, everybody was basically figuring this out. I kind of felt like I had a leg up a little bit since I'd had some experience doing this before where it wasn't, you know, super strange to spend a large chunk of my day staring at people talking on a screen. It was, I don't know, it wasn't the easiest transition and it was weird to figure out how everything would work and ensuring that like everybody got kind of set up to be remote. But we definitely had like the infrastructure in place, like you mentioned, because we're kind of a distributed company already. So we have different offices across the country and around the world. So it wasn't that strange to have video meetings and stuff like that. Yeah. And like you were saying, it was a, it was like a mass transition this time around where everybody had to go and shift over. And in that case, like you kind of mentioned privilege before, not everybody has a home office setup or had the ability to work from home, you know, sure work issues, a laptop, but kind of need a place to sit a dedicated mini little office space. So I know that Adobe actually gave us a work from home budget two separate little sessions of about $300 to say, Hey, go get yourself a desk, go get yourself a monitor, get yourself a chair to get your setup going. What about your company? Did they fund any like work from home transitions? Yeah. So we were really lucky too, that we got support to get set up with the home office there. And they actually sent us out like devices for uh, teleconferencing and stuff like that too. So it was, it was definitely really nice. It's been very interesting to see people's home setups after that because people still like i don't know we can talk a little bit more about like our setup and how it changed with work from home if it did at all and about like what working from home means as far as the setup goes i know we had our uses episode just recently and we kind of talked about our personal setup but just kind of talking about maybe like a, a decent starter work from home setup would be good but it's very interesting to see like how many people still take meetings I'm like their bed, you know, and you're like, that's definitely a headboard behind you. You're dressed in everything. That's great. But, you know, I don't know if it's a space constraint thing or what, but I personally cannot imagine how wrecked my back would be <laughs> if I spent all day with a laptop in my bed. And maybe that's just, you know, like middle-aged <laughs> problems there, but whew, it would be terrible. So like, I think that's probably the first thing I'd say, like, if you're going to work from home, think about ergonomics a little bit future you will thank you because laptops are great they're portable they are terrible if you're going to be spending all day working on them just my opinion but you know being hunched over curled over a laptop looking down at the little tiny screen is no good at least get like a stand and a separate keyboard and mouse so you can elevate that screen up like that would be the first thing i would say absolute necessity for working from home yeah, I think I'm just so lucky that I had such a full on setup going before all of this happened, uh, because when I got to work from home, I was like, awesome. I get to use my favorite, you know, monitors and keyboards and computers to do the job that I like to do rather than actually switch back and forth 
from Mac and Windows. Like at home, I'm Windows. At work, I'm on a Mac. And making that transition every day was breaking my brain a little bit from the Windows key to the to the command key. So happy to just kind of have one setup to rule them all now. Yeah, I definitely think that it favored the people who were kind of like the, you know, home setup desktop, you know, nerd people like who had their own setups at home. Definitely. That's me. That's me. Yeah. A hundred (laughs) percent. I get you. I I feel exactly the same way. I used to tote a keyboard back and forth to work with me that I (laughs) liked when I, when I would go in the office and I pack it up and bring it home to use in the evening. So other than hardware, like how has working remote been for you? Are you planning to stay remote? Oh, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Okay, so I'll, I guess I'll just talk about the biggest challenge that I have working remote. I do have an office at my house. You can see it through video. Y'all listeners can't see it, but it has no door. It, there's an open doorway out into the kitchen, uh, and we have a one-story house. So when the kids run around and play and yell, all that noise comes into the house. Um, so that's my biggest challenge. We we literally just like laid down a a wooden standing platform thing that we use for the kids to block the door so that they don't come in. Uh, but like they're older now, they can get around that thing. But the way I mostly get around it is just a really good pair of noise canceling headphones and just like hope that they don't come in. Yeah. So as far as kids go, my son has been at school like from home all year. And that has been really interesting. That is definitely a huge difference from the last time that I worked kind of remotely like this is, is that focus piece. I think I mentioned in the users one about noise canceling headphones and how open offices don't work well for me. It's definitely way worse when it's family because I don't know, no offense to any coworkers listening to this podcast, but I care about my family a little bit more. And so when they need something hundred percent going to pay attention to them. So that is definitely a a very hard thing, especially about this time. And I think that that's something to differentiate. I know we're talking about remote work, but this past year, I don't know, it hasn't been traditional remote work. It's been something completely different because when I worked remotely before, it's like, hey, you know, I'm tired of staring at this wall. I think I'll go to a coffee shop. They have free Wi-Fi. I'll work from there for, you know, 30 minutes, check my email, get a nice cup of coffee. It's a good change of pace. Oh, wait, can't do that. Still looking at the same wall because can't go anywhere, you know, and having the kids here like that's different, right? He'd normally be in school. I think your kids probably be at daycare or something like that during the day, or they could at least go to the park or something like that more frequently. So it's definitely been a hard year as far as focus goes. Noise canceling headphones, all stars. Yeah. And I think. For remote work, it's really key to take breaks so you're not staring at the same four walls or, you know, the same screens. But but you're right. It's more of a challenge during during a pandemic where you just have less options. Another thing about remote work is you have to set boundaries with the other people at your house. Like you said, now you have, you know, kids and, and wife home and stuff like that. You have to try to communicate that like, OK, I'm going to work from this time to this time try not to disturb even though like like you said family kind of comes first but those boundaries get really blurry when you're working from home we we try to set those boundaries but i gotta say it's it's always a positive to 
see my wife more during the day. She'll poke her head in through the door and we get to talk a little bit. And that that's a bonus of working from home for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. And those boundaries, man, my son and I have had some very difficult conversations. I've been told, well, it feels like you're telling me work's more important than me. When I've told him, you know, like, Hey bud, I can't do this right now. I need to, I need to get something done for work. And so they've been good conversations, but those have been some really hard conversations that like you wouldn't have to have if you went to the office, right? Because like, you're just not there to have that conversation and there's no like, Hey, I need to do this thing. I can't come, you know, check out what you're doing right now. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, and that, that even goes for, you know, wives and spouses and stuff. Like you, you just have to communicate, have to be open and honest about it and set a precedence because it, it doesn't matter what age that that other person is when you're available, when you're in the house, you know, they, they can come and ask questions and interact with you. Yeah. It's, it's a definitely a plus, but it has some, some caveats to it, I would say. So other than, you know, like some of the difficulties around that, like what are some of the pluses in your mind around working from home? Like what's, what's the best part of working from home other than getting to see your family more? I think it's mostly just doing my job where I feel most comfortable. And no commute, although that's a plus and a minus. I really enjoyed my commute because that's where I would listen to podcasts, right? And that definitely no longer exists. You sit right down. I have a little bit of a warm-up time, but I don't really have a cool-down time. When the day ends, I just kind of shut it off and walk out and see the family. Yeah, this is something that I have spent some time thinking about and not done anything about implementing is, like, I've read a lot that, like, you know, it can be extremely helpful to have that separation of work time and home time that a commute gives you. And when you are working from home, even doing something like, okay, I'm going to leave my house and walk around the block. And when I come back, I'm at work. And then when I finish work for the day, I'm going to leave my house and walk around the block. And when I come back, I'm at home. And so you have that time to kind of let your mind separate the two areas, like the two yous, because I don't know about you, but like work me, is slightly different than home me, you know, like you try to bring your whole self to work, I guess, but still like, you know, it's work you, it's not home you. And so like that separation I think is very important right now. I kind of do miss listening to podcasts like on the commute in. I'm not going to lie though, that hour and a half, both ways every day. I'm not going to miss losing that time. Three hours every day, given back to me. Fantastic. Uh, so That's right now, a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. And mine was only like 20, 25 minutes at the worst. So it was like very manageable, very doable. Yeah, that sounds great. Mine was was pretty gnarly. So I'm not going to miss the commute, but the podcast time, what I find myself doing is kind of like the the light, mindless work in the morning. You know, when you start up your computer and you need to like check emails, you need to check like whatever task system you have and just kind of like preparing for the day. Normally I throw in a podcast while I'm doing that. You know, I don't really have to think about it. And if something does come up, you know, it's easy to pause and actually focus. But yeah, I I definitely, I understand like the separation of work and home time can be difficult. Do you find yourself having problems like setting those boundaries for work? Typically, no. Uh, I'm a pretty focused person. I love moving stuff across a Jira board. It just gives me like this (laughs) inner satisfaction. Like one done, check it off. So I, I'm typically very productive, but what I do struggle with is 
I like doing all my side projects and like learning outside of work at night. And I'm having like a, a lot harder time coming to sit back down at the same desk that I just worked at for like eight hours in a given day to come and do something that should be fun and motivating and encouraging to me in the evenings. Instead, I kind of just find myself like not as focused on my personal stuff. Yeah, I definitely find a similar thing where I now associate my desk in my office with work and not the other stuff. Like, you know, like you mentioned, learning or side projects and stuff like that. And I have a hard time with that. I've been trying to think about like how to deal with that. I really like the idea of having separate spaces for everything, but it seems ridiculous to me to be like, well, I'm going to need another monitor and another desk just over there. So that's my fun, creative desk. And this is my boring work desk. You know, here's, here's my solution to this. Like, what if you had a different like theme, you theme your editor different, you theme your browser different, you theme your desktop different, you change the LEDs on everything that has LEDs on your desk, right? Which is everything. And, uh, so you get a different feeling, right? Like my side project colors are all purple, but maybe because like my work brand colors are red, I change everything to red for the day. That might make me mad. I don't know, but you know, that's, that's one thing you could do to make, make it feel a little bit different. Your meetings are about to get really intense, Brad, when like the lighting behind you is all red and people are like, Brad, is everything okay? I'm getting <laughs> kind of like this evil energy from you. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good idea. Just kind of like change things up so it feels totally different. I could definitely see that being being a good way to go about it. So it seems like with this whole pandemic situation, there is a light at the end of the tunnel and we're seeing companies consider um, coming back to the office or at least like being more flexible about their work from home policies. Um, what's your future look like? Uh, what's your company doing? And like, what are you choosing to do? So it's still up in the air as far as what the company is doing. The plan is to get the offices opened back up. Timeline is still a question just because everything's still fluid. The, I think right now they're shooting for, I think it's around the July timeframe to start kind of trickling some people back into the offices. I don't know exactly what their plan is as far as like how they're going to do crowd control. We're one of those places where, you know, we were fortunate to have lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner provided for us. It was kind of like buffet style. The food was amazing, but that's a thing in the past as far as I can tell. Like that's never happening again. I don't know what it's going to look like going forward. And just thinking about like, you know, crowd control in the cafe area, it's going to be interesting to see what they choose. They did offer for employees to be fully remote. And so I am planning on taking advantage of that. I've been approved to be fully remote. So I will be only going back to the office for, you know, like big meetings and stuff when I need to. And I'm actually going to be moving back home to the city I grew up in since I can work remotely. So, you know, That's definitely awesome. taking advantage of that. What was the approval process like? Did you find that it was difficult? So our approval process was ridiculously easy. You applied, and if your manager signed off on it, you're basically good to go, is my experience. That's awesome. Um, it was based on your performance reviews and ratings. So as long as everything was good there, you were good. I think they're kind of approaching it from the standpoint of, hey, 
it's been over a year and you haven't been into the office and you're still doing your job. So we'll keep paying you if you still keep doing your job. Now, on that topic of pay, I've heard that some companies might be considering scaling pay based on where you go fully remote. Did you have any, um, any of that kind of stuff happen? So they are doing that. And where I'm moving to, there was no change in pay. I did notice, like, so I, I played around with the calculator a little bit. And I don't know, living in Texas, I feel like we're like in the sweet spot for companies that do geographic pay because the difference for like out in California, in San Francisco area, my opinion, most companies don't give you a big enough bump in compensation to move out there to account for cost of living. Now, we both live around Austin currently. Given the housing market here and the housing market there, maybe this is going to flip on its head very shortly. But <laughs> other than that, like, you know, it, it's not, I don't know, it's not bad. I definitely think that too, if the way that they calculate these is just based on like, you know, average salary for someone in that position and then cost of living. And it's going to kind of even out everywhere around the country from what I've seen. But yeah, it definitely wasn't a problem and worked out for us. So what about you, that's, Brad? What's that's your awesome uh, news, man. That's good stuff. Yeah, no, we're excited. Selling and buying a house right now is crazy, but we, we got through it. And hopefully, you know, in a couple of weeks, we'll come out the other side with a new house. But what's your plan? Are you planning on staying remote, going back to the office? Do you miss being crowded around with other people and sharing their breath? You know what I miss most about the office? Uh, we had free snacks and there was this, <laughs> there was this giant like pillar of M&Ms and I would just go over that M&M machine like a million times a day and just, just give me some M&Ms. But really like... My company, same as yours, is considering bringing people back into the office around July, and, and it will be like in stages. I did like the office. I, I'm a pretty social person, so I liked being there, but I like my home computer setup a lot better. So my preference would be to stay remote and also move somewhere that is very remote. I would love land. I would love, you know, like, like a house in the country type thing. Yeah, I'm but, interested to see... In the not too distant future, like once the dust settles, what the future of software engineering in general looks like, because this is definitely a job where collaboration, even in the office, like the collaboration could easily be done over a VC. And a lot of collaboration happens in like pull requests and stuff like that with comments on actual like diffs and code. I could definitely see this being like kind of the initial factor in like kind of a decentralization of software engineering work where suddenly it's not all based, you know, in like Silicon Valley or, you know, like what Raleigh, North Carolina is a pretty big hub. And then like the Austin area as well. And that's it where it's just spread out across the country because you can do that. And I think this might be something that enables small towns to come back to life. You know, like what yeah, you're talking I, about. People who want that, like they want some property, they want some land. Well, you get enough of you going into some, you know, small town and suddenly that small town, it's going to have this influx of people, money, the economy starts going, schools get better and like the small town kind of blossoms again. I don't know. I could see that being like a really good thing to decentralize like and, and push people kind of 
out of the major metropolitan areas a little bit. Totally agree with you. And I would be like one of the first people to try to make that happen. Unfortunately, my company is taking this like hybrid approach to remote work where they're like two to three days from home and two to three days in the office. And in my mind that says, so I have to go into the office, right? Like it doesn't give me full range to move somewhere like very far outside of the city because I still have to make that commute on a semi-regular basis. I wish we would have just committed and said, hey, we've been operating very well for the past year. Remote first is a thing. Would you consider pushing for a longer commute given that you only have to do it a couple times a week? No. Um, my outlook is if I have to commute, I want to keep it under 30 minutes. Now, part of my job is starting to shift a little bit more towards content creation. I, I've convinced my uh, manager and project manager that we should be making like documentation, video tutorials, streams about this open source software we're developing. And that means I have to have my setup. I can't do that in the office. And so I, I think I'm planting that seed inside of my manager's head uh, where she has to start considering, oh, if we want Brad to do this, we have to give him more flexibility. So I may be one of those cases that applies for full-time remote. We'll see what happens in the future. Well, I'll send, I'll send good vibes your way and keep some fingers crossed. Appreciate it. So we kind of touched on, you know, what we like, dislike, and our future plans about remote work. And a little bit about thoughts about the future and what remote work's going to maybe look like. Do you have anything else that you want to touch on in this episode? Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about how going remote first might affect the job market. So we were saying most of what we do is kind of asynchronous by default, you know, pull requests and comments, uh, tickets in Jira, you know, a lot of the things we do don't require face-to-face real-time meetings. And if that's the case and everybody goes remote first and companies are looking to hire folks, they don't have to look inside of that regional area. You know, an Austin-based company doesn't have to find somebody in Austin. This means that the job market actually might get tougher. And I also think this means that your, your social presence, your notoriety, your, your recognizability becomes more important to stand out from, you know, other engineers or other quote unquote, you know, competitors in the job market. You have to find new ways to differentiate yourself in this online and remote, remote first workforce. What's your take on that? Yeah, I think that's, I think it's going to be kind of a pendulum effect with that, where if, if remote first becomes a thing that really takes off, you'll definitely see that where it's going to be the people who are more well-known who will have the most opportunity. But then I think that companies will work hard to keep people happy and there because suddenly now too, you know, it kind of, it kind of goes both ways, right? That sword cuts both ways where, Hey, we can hire anybody from anywhere. So, you know, there's more competition to get the job flip side, me as an employee, Hey, I can work for any company anywhere. So why am I staying here? You know, so yeah. it, it kind of goes both ways. And I think that you might see 
you know, like a, a shift. But then once people have settled, I think it'll kind of go back to being more normal where like the competition will be roughly the same. I think too, the biggest benefit will be for like the small and medium sized companies, because for large companies, they're already happy to spend ridiculous amounts of money to move you, you know, like when I got the job I have now, they moved me down here. Uh, they paid to have my entire house packed and shipped and they put me up in an awesome corporate housing apartment in downtown Austin, like wow. for a month. Yeah. The, it's ridiculous, but you know, like suddenly, Hey, as a company, we don't have that expense anymore. And I yeah. think that's another thing that's very interesting is if you think about the expenses that companies can save, not having people remote. I mean, Adobe's M&M budget the past year, just for you alone, sounds like they're saving probably millions of dollars. And so, you know, like they don't have that budget. They don't have to pay for the electrical, the heating and the cooling. And they don't have to pay for like, you know, when you drop M&Ms in your keyboard and the keys get stuck and they need to buy you a new keyboard, right? Like there's all these things where they're saving costs as well that is, is interesting because like the company I work for, they're giving us a, like a startup uh, stipend if you choose to go fully remote, even though we've already had some help to set up our home office. I think it's just too an additional help because, hey, this isn't a temporary thing anymore. Like you're signing up to do this for at least a year more. So, you know, if you didn't get a chair or you, you know, need another monitor, that kind of stuff, kind of give me that. And then they're giving like little stipends along the way for the stuff that you would normally get in the office, like office supplies and stuff like that. But I think overall, they're going to save money not having me in the office. Because like I said, we had those cafes, so we had the food that was provided for us. You know, like we had all these benefits that you get in the office that I don't get anymore. And the real question is, how are companies going to fill that gap? Because they can't provide you all these office amenities, just giving it to you in salary, that's great and all, but they still have to do something to like, improve uh company culture and you know uh, worker happiness and so that i know that my company has tried a lot of different things to make that happen but it doesn't seem as effective so that is one thing that we didn't really touch on is company culture with remote work and i'd like to talk about that for a second because we used to have quarterly offsites as a team since all this started we have done nothing as a team other than meetings. And so you're definitely missing that cultural piece. And I'm curious to see like if it ever comes back for remote workers or not, especially once like given that some of the team is going to be fully remote, like the team I'm on, there's four of us, two of us are going fully remote. Two of us are planning to go back to the office. Cool. The two who go to the office, do they get an offsite? And the two who are remote get to just say, well, have fun doing that exciting activity. Right. Or, or how are we going to deal with that? You know, like that'll be interesting to see like how that kind of works out in the end. I don't know. I'd be curious to see like what kind of team building comes out of remote work. And that'd be really interesting to talk to some companies that are kind of remote first and how they do build that culture. Yeah. And you're right. I think it's more of a challenge when you have a split workforce, some in the office, some not. It's it's probably easier if everybody's remote and you say, you know what, once a year or twice a year, we're paying for everybody to get together. And that's your quote unquote team building. 
So I have some friends who work at a company that is like 100% remote and they do that. I think it's twice a year. The entire company comes together at some, you know, like awesome location for their like company retreat. Sweet. And that is definitely like one of those things like they, you know, it's basically a perk getting hired there. It's like, hey, twice a year, yeah. you get an awesome all expense paid trip somewhere really cool. Oh, but it's also work, but it's still really cool. You know, like that kind of thing. I think that that is something that they'll have to kind of think about. I think from a budget standpoint, companies shouldn't have a problem doing that because I think that business travel is going to be decimated for a while. The one thing that this past year has proven is video conferences work. Yeah, we can survive online. We can survive with e-commerce. We can survive with just the internet. Yep. Yeah. So, and you know what? This is why we're all web developers. This is why we're listening to this podcast and why we're making this podcast. Yeah, hundred percent. So it'll be interesting to see what the future holds. I don't know. I'm optimistic about it, that it'll be good. I think it'll turn out well. You know, it's yet to be seen for me. Uh, Still have a lot of decisions to shake out for, for me and my family personally, and also for the company. But I think either way the chips fall, I'm going to be happy, you know, like I like where I work and I like what I do. So in the end, it's no biggie. Yeah. As long as you like what you do, that's what really counts. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, thank you all for tuning in to this week's Web Dev Weekly. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe in your podcast player and check us out on Twitter. We'll put both of our handles in the show notes below. Remember, we have a Discord server. Also in the show notes below, be sure to join up there so you can talk to other subscribers of the podcast. We'll see you all next week.